Yeah, we went from do you have a home studio to I don't use Skype. <laughs> no problem. I just, for some reason, I thought you had a home studio. Like, not a, anything crazy, just... Right. I don't know. I thought it was, like, recorded in a home. No, I have GarageBand. Even that, I don't... I had to get a... Uh, so the MacBook that I had was from 2004. Mm-hmm. I had it until last summer, so it literally just didn't work anymore. So I don't have GarageBand on this thing, so now I use my cell phone. Yeah. But you can see... Uh, is this, can you see it all? Yeah, yeah, I see. That's cracked screen and... This is, like, my third iPhone in six months, maybe? I don't know. Ugh, that's gross. I'm not into technology, man. That's... <laughs> Yeah, but apparently you're into paying for it. <laughs> well, these are always hand-me-downs. Like, these are number fives. The one before this, I think, was a four. I don't know. It's just... Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I put a case on this one and didn't do any good. I tried to do an ollie on my friend's skateboard, and then it fell right out of my pocket. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I cracked my screen on mine. Uh it was a few months ago now, but it was literally the first day I had this phone. It's the new iPhone 7, and I got it. It was the first time I bought my own phone in years, because I had the last phone for so long. And I was super excited about this phone. And I was at work, and uh, I was in the restroom, and some bozo came in and turned off the light and left. So I couldn't see. So oh, I was no. like, oh, I'll pull out my phone and use it as a flashlight. So I was like, <laughs> I had my phone, <laughs> And I was, like, putting it under my chin so I could, like, pull up my pants and stuff. Oh, no. And it just slipped and fell on the concrete. I'd had it for, like, two hours, and the whole screen shattered. Uh, it was a horrible feeling. Well, at least it didn't go in the toilet. I thought that story was going to go oh, in the yeah, toilet. Oh, yeah, that's true. That would have been worse, probably. So where are you at? It said you're in Georgia, Atlanta, or? Yeah, yeah. I'm just north. Okay. And are you back in Arkansas? Or, yeah. Because I know you were in Alaska for a while and then North Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. You've been around. Um, I've been, tr so I used to own a home here in outside of Fayetteville, Arkansas in a little town called Goshen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people stopped buying records, so I don't have a, the home in Goshen anymore. So yeah, I went around a little bit. I spent two winters in Nashville, but for part of that time, so I kind of wintered in Nashville, but I would spend six months out of the year in North Dakota. And um, and then I was in Utah. Let's see, I was in Utah for all of, I don't know, what was it, a year and a half ago? I was there, and I was a school teacher at a, a junior high. Mm -hmm. Then I went to Alaska for the summer and commercial salmon fished. Then I ended up coming back to Arkansas, but then I ended up spending these, the first three months of this year back in Utah in January um, because I went to get my stuff and then someone offered me a job on the ski slopes where I just mm -hmm. skied and watched kids and made sure they got to their classes so I thought that would be really cool to do yeah. anyway now I'm in Arkansas and I'm here at least a year and a half until I go to grad school somewhere but I'm also going back to Alaska to fish again this summer it's really hard but it's just a grip of cash in a short amount of time yeah so. I, I've heard that I actually worked with a guy um, I guess it was like a year and a half ago. He had done fishing in Alaska for like two years, and he was mm. always talking about it. But it was brutal. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> it, it was brutal. It was brutal. It probably uh, it's well, I don't know. I was gonna make a flesh eater joke, but I don't know what the joke would be. I'd say something about it being difficult. I don't know, but huh. I lost it. <laughs> Clever. I lost it. <laughs> 
what even got you that idea in the first place? I mean, doesn't every man kind of want to go fish in Alaska? I mean, isn't that something like, oh man, that would be awesome. I mean, it would be awesome. I've, you know, I've never thought of Alaska. It's always been like Canada. Cause okay. My little sister goes up every year, and I'm jealous every time because her friend's family goes and stays for two weeks in Canada and just fishes. But cool, yeah, that'd be cool. So you're just like, yeah, hey, I want to go fishing. Well, it's something I looked into. Well, being an artist, you kind of you're you kind of need jobs that allow you to just to go to leave, right? So, um, with fishing in Alaska, I was like, okay, I can go up there for two months. I can make enough money to not have to work for a few more months. And it was just kind of a um, a smart thing to do in that regard. But getting into fishing in Alaska is incredibly difficult. It's kind of a good old boy family who you know network. But while I was teaching in Utah, one of my coworkers at the school was actually owns a fishing business that's been in his family for 30 or 40 years. And um, so I didn't have a car for part of the time when I was in Utah. So I rode a bicycle. And <laughs> like a Mormon, um, you fit right <laughs> straight, in. Straight, straight up. Um, but it was raining or something this day, so I ended up getting on the bus, not the bus, but a train, like, uh, the transit system in Utah is amazing. But anyway, so this guy named Alan was on the bus and I was like, Hey man, so we are coworkers and we just started chatting and I was like, so what do you do in Alaska? And he says that he's got a fishing business. And I said, can I be on your crew? And he said, yep. And that was it. So it was that simple. And next thing <laughs> you know, I'm riding, I'm riding up in a, an RV with him and his family. It takes us seven or eight days to get there. And then... The moment I get out of the RV, the first time, there's a bald eagle stealing um, a baby magpie out of a magpie nest. And it's just like literally the first thing I see. I get out of the RV, it's morning, and I'm at my new digs, and then that happens. So it was intense. Yeah. Yeah, That was, that was, that pretty well set up the summer right there. Like, this is going to be very difficult. And it was, it was, it was brutal, man. I gained seven, I gained seven pounds of muscle. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was intense. We ate. I ate a lot of food, but you had to. You burned so many calories. Sometimes you do 32-hour shifts. You just... Wow. You go, and you go, and your hands stop working. But anyway. Man, that's crazy. It's tough. I've done some, like, 20-hour shifts and thought that was awful. I can't imagine another 12. <laughs> no, it's dumb. But it was, like I said, it, was, it allowed me to um, not work another job for a couple months so i went back up to north dakota and mm-hmm. i have my i have my favorite coffee shop there and uh down the street from my friend's house and i just went there every day for a month to work on some other projects and then then i went on tour with the least of these in november then i came back to arkansas in december worked at ups for this for the holiday and then i went back up to utah and, and now i'm doing some other gigs I haven't toured much at all the last few years. But, yeah, um, definitely not the last few years. It's just this yeah. last year you did. Yeah. So do they just call you up and ask, and we're like, hey, you want a tour? Or Least of these, so we did our first tour a year before. So we've done two tours together. Um, we did one literally one year before. And um, so I had said I was going on tour. This would have, What year is this? 2017. 17. So this would have been 2015, the fall. I said, hey, I'm going on tour. I'd like to play some shows. Here's the States. Well, at least of these wrote me and said they could give me a couple shows in Texas. And then I said, well, hey, why don't we just do the whole tour together? So we did two weeks together back then, and then we did another two weeks in uh, the fall or November. But they're my buds, man. We're buds. Like, it's it's just so much fun. It's awesome. Uh, we just bro down for 18 days, and I love it. 
I love hanging out with them. And they were my actual band this last time, so they. Oh really? Yeah. So they played two sets every night, one with me, and then they played their own stuff. Dang. But it was cool because it made it way more aggressive. Like they're they're I mean they're a rock band. Yeah. So we basically did tracks from A Mouthful of Dust and then some of the chill stuff from How Long. But it was cool because when I was traveling with a band back in the day, I wouldn't even let my drummer play with sticks. I'm like, no, you got to use brushes. Like, I didn't want it to be too loud. Right. But this tour, it's like, who cares, dude? Hit them as hard as you can. And TJ, the drummer, doesn't know how to play anything but hard anyway. Yep. So it was just loud balls to the wall and it was awesome. I mean, that really fits with Mouthful of Dust, though. Yeah. That's an emotionally straining album for sure. Yeah, I wish I would have. I wish we would have played that loud back in the day, but I had my reasons then. But I don't have those reasons now. So, <laughs> so for this new album, like you've been bouncing around jobs. It looks like. I mean, I remember seeing. I think it was an Instagram post about you just riding your bike aimlessly, almost, mm-hmm. and just wandering like a gypsy. So, like, mm-hmm. when you thought you wanted to record another album, like what? What process did you go through as far as finding studios and all that? Right. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that because the record itself was done very much in that gypsy wandering way. I mean, it took... Uh, let me see. So the record's actually, I think, been done for two full years. Whoa. Maybe, yeah. I knew it had been done since at least September because you posted about it. And you said it's yeah. coming out February 2017. Yeah. It's funny. So it's going to ask you why there was that delay. Yeah. So, yeah, let's go back to the first delay. So, um, basically, I went to Nashville. I wanted to make a record with this other guy. Um, and he told me how much it would cost. And I was like, dude, are you nuts? Like, there's just no no way. He was like, well, I know another guy that would be really interested in, in doing this record. So that guy would become, or is, Jason Morant. So Jason and I met... And I told him the vision for the record, what the content was, and he was just like, I'm in. Sign me up. I'm in. Um, so I ended up moving to Nashville to be with Jason. But life, it's, I don't know, man, life just got in the way for a couple of years, really. So we would, I would say, I would guess that our actual studio time over a two-year period, I know we did like three or four full days and one studio with the engineer named Teddy. Mm-hmm. Teddy has an engineer. And then maybe that same amount of time spread out over like a year period. It, would, it was dumb. So I would go to Jay's studio. We might only work for an hour and a half. And then he had to go do his life. And I had to go back to do my life. And that just literally kept happening forever. Wow. And then, so it wasn't mastered until September of last year. But it had been done and mixed for mm-hmm. a long time prior to that. And the reason it never came out was um a money but b also there this this record has such a a bigger vision than what everyone is seeing now so there was there were films there were art galleries there were photograph shoots i mean there was just this giant universe of flesh eater that we kept wanting to do but never having it able to be realized Mm -hmm. and eventually this september i said forget it it's got to come out and it's coming out now as soon as i can and even the artwork came down to the wire, like the the artwork that was originally planned yeah. wasn't anything that's that was planned now. I guess the album came out, what, um, the 14th of April. I don't think we had the actual album cover until nine or ten days before that, like literally the day or two before it was released. So wow. everything just kept coming down to the wire. So the process was me and Jay made a record whenever we had time. Right. 
basically and that was really hard and that was unusual because when we did how long we wrote the record we were in the studio we were in and out of there in like five days but even how long wasn't able to be finished for a year or two because the producer who was in control of the mixing and mastering wouldn't would never finish it mm -hmm. so that's kind of that was really frustrating so how long actually had a two-year delay so if you'll, I guess all of my, the last two records have had quite a delay, but what I like about that personally is if you can have a record that you've done for three years, that's been done for three years, and three years later you like it, then yeah. I think it's, it's, it means that there's something special about it, right? So, like, you can talk about Mouthful of Dust being one of your favorites and how much you love it, and I can go, mm, yeah, there's a lot of things wrong with the Mouthful of Dust, or when How Long came out, I'm like, really felt really strongly about the entire record even though it had been done for two years yeah. as well um to this day i look at how long and i see a few songs where i'm like this one is legit with flesh eater you know from the the inception to where it is now i'm like this is good yeah like i stand i stand behind all nine of the tracks i might not in three more years but for now like it just feels good to know that something you set with is worth people's time later you know it really, it really, it comes down to that. Like, if you don't love it, then I, I just wouldn't bother with it. And yeah. for even Flesh Eater, so Flesh Eater is such an atmosphere, right? Yeah. I, I use the word universe. Flesh Eater is a universe. So I've been living in Flesh Eater universe since I was writing these songs, believe it or not, at a Bible camp in North Dakota. <laughs> I mean, that's where... I would work on these songs at night or early in the morning, and then I would drive a tractor and um, clean toilets and play dodgeball with kids just out on this Lutheran Bible camp. So, so here I anyway. So, but like the the flesh eater universe, it it had to come out right. Like I was, I, I didn't feel like I'd be able to even start these other projects, even though I've been working on other projects that no one knows about until this album came out. And now that that album is out, mm -hmm. there's a release. There's a uh, all right. I can move on now, you right. know, because um, that's a weird headspace to be in for those few years, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> that would be a depressing headspace, I would think. It's Yeah, yeah, it's, um, I don't know if I'd call it depressing, but I would call it a little wilder. It's a wilder, darker headspace, yeah. Definitely I mean, darker. I mean, Flesh Eater <laughs> is kind of a heavy, has, it's a heavy message throughout. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. well, you, you had a big Facebook post, like, I don't know, two weeks before the album came out. Right. Where you had this long message to your fans. Right. And it was almost like a disclaimer. Totally. Right? Like, what, what, what exactly, what was it you were saying in that? Well, ultimately, I just wanted people to know that, hey, there's, there's a change coming. There's something that's about to happen to you. Um, who are familiar with me, who are not going to understand it, maybe, who are, at the very least, you're just going to be like, what the heck is this? And I just wanted to soften the blow a little bit. I wanted people to understand, really, my gratitude. I mean, it really, it came more of a place from love, because I didn't always want to do a disclaimer. I would love to just drop the album. Mm-hmm. You know, people, people, I would have loved to have just dropped He Fucked, right? Okay, yeah. So, like... Here's this track, he fucked. But if without that introduction, people just, they would have lost their minds. They might have just, they just wouldn't have been able to hand it. So I really wanted them to know that I love them, I appreciated them, but this was the direction I'm going. And you can come with me or not, but if not, that's okay. Yeah. And if you can, then let's ride because we've got some really awesome places to go, you know? Um, that'd be the ultimate motivation, I guess. 
kind of hedging, not hedging my bet, but really just kind of trying to do the Christ-like thing, if you will, of, I don't know, I hate that I even have to do that. I hate that, that artists would even have to do that, but I, mm-hmm. I just felt like it was the only thing I could do, right? So I felt Flesh Eater was the record that had to be made, and I felt like that um, manifesto, that disclaimer had to be said, and that was just what my conscience said, and that's what I did. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny, because I don't know if you ever listened to uh, John Rubin back in the day. Oh, yeah, back in the day. Yeah, I'm familiar with him. Yeah. With like goatee records and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a while ago. And then just like within the past week or two, he released a little short film and uh, almost similar to what you did with Good Friday. Mm. And then a new track. And it's funny because people in YouTube comments were going crazy because he used the word bullshit. Mm. And they were like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't let my kids listen to this, all this stuff. You used to be Christian. Right. And it's funny because, you know, he didn't have any sort of disclaimer where, like, hey guys, just letting you know I'm going to be real with you, like what you did. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Well, he knows what he was doing. So I think he definitely had his reasonings for not yeah. doing it. But man, it's just a cuss word, man. Yeah, so. real. So in that post that you had on Facebook, that whole disclaimer thing, mm-hmm. you mentioned toward the end that uh, you kind of wanted the album to speak for itself. You never really wanted to to really give much backstory or anything, right. at least for the foreseeable future. Right. So <laughs> it definitely seems to speak for itself uh, blatantly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh, definitely my interpretation of it could be completely wrong. That's the beautiful thing about art. Uh-huh. But when I listen to it, I hear the story of, I assume to be you, it could be anyone. But I mean, it's it's such a universal struggle for sure. Right. But, you know, just a guy who's grown up in a uh, Christian world and then is struggling with lust and struggling with feeling, I don't know, like this uh, this sort of divide in his head and in his heart throughout the process. Um, right. It's pretty much what the story seems to be. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a heavy, heavy topic for sure. Yeah. So what about that? What made you think that that album needed to be made? Um, I guess just my own inner, my own inner, uh, I don't know what the word for it is, muse, I guess. Like you don't, it's just what came to me. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I mean, I'm always writing. So I have, you know, I'm not Prince, but I've got a vault. And um, somewhere along the way, those songs just kind of became this group, right? Like, oh, I've got all these little country songs. I've got these super duper cute folk songs. I've got these weird murder ballads. <laughs> and then I've got these gnarly sex songs now, right? <laughs> and it's like, so I actually played one of my cute little love songs for a friend. And um, I was like, dude, I've been gone for a year and I hadn't seen him in a year. I was like, but I, I brought you this song, man. I brought you this song. People are going to play this at their weddings, bro. The song is just... And I played it for him. And he goes, meh. <laughs> and I was like, what? He was like, what else you got? And I was like, well, I got this kind of weird sex song. And it was a song that actually didn't make the record. It did not. It didn't. It didn't make Flesh Eater. But I played it for him, and he goes, "That, that, that. That's what I want. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Give me some more of that." So that was the first outside voice that kind of prompted. There was something going on with these songs or this content, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I just went for it. I just said, "All right, we're going to put these together, and then let's just do it." But. Um, and then the shaping of the songs went from kind of a, uh, like the track Penelope, you know, mm-hmm. um, where it's just me playing the guitar. There was that kind of vibe. And then it was like, nah, man, let's start talking again. Let's go back. Let's get weird. Let's get experimental. Let's have one snare and one floor tom and do a track like Nathaniel. 
um, which even the song Nathaniel, for example. So that there was a guitar to that, but I didn't like it. So we're in the studio, and I'm like, this isn't good. Something's not right. This isn't good. And the producer, Jason, is like, no, man, just keep going for it. I'm like, no, this sucks. I'm telling you, I know this sucks. <laughs> so then I woke up the next morning, and I was sitting at this um, kitchen island, and I just started tapping it. And then I started doing it, and I'm like, uh-oh, just found it. Then we went in the studio and then recorded it. But, but yeah, I mean, it just needs to be said. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It just needs to be said. There just needs to be a discussion, especially in the Christian circles, kind of like who we really are, you know? Like, there's... And... and, and some people think that our hearts are good, right? Like once Christ is in you, your heart is good. Mm-hmm. You're no longer bad. And I don't believe that. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't. Oh yeah. I mean, scripture talks about progressive sanctification. You never reach you never reach it. We're just no longer slaves to that that darkness is what it says, but it's still there for sure. Yeah. And that's how I feel. So, and sex is everywhere, man. Oh, yeah. And I just, I just wanted to, uh, it just makes sense. I don't know. I, I can't really give you another reason except that was just what I had to do and what I needed to do. So I did it. Yeah. And obviously I processed it for three years. What I don't think people recognize or realize is how uncomfortable the record makes me. Oh, I'm sure. Like, dude, when I was writing some of that stuff, I was like, man, dude, this is, there's just, this is it. Like, I'm not, I'm not pulling any punches here. And so when I, I'm uncomfortable. So that's probably another reason I gave the disclaimer. Like, look, if I'm uncomfortable, you're going to be uncomfortable right. too. But let's just be uncomfortable together here. So when you were writing the songs that are now Flesh Eater, you weren't originally thinking no. of it being a concept album. Yeah. It was just scattered yeah. writings. Yeah. And then, um, ah. but that's honestly how I've done everything I've ever done. I don't, I've, I've never topically set out to write something, right? Now there's... There's, there are uh, things that I'm writing that aren't music, right? So films, this new book that I wrote, I worked on. I will say that once there was a few of those songs and I kind of recognized what they were, I did sort of allow myself to be more open to thinking about that character, to being like, all right, so I'm going to roll with this guy. Yeah. And it's going to be me and this guy while I'm in this basement in North Dakota out on this prairie, right? So it did become more focused. It definitely became more and more focused. But no, I don't, I'm, I don't feel talented enough just to... Say, I want to write about this topic. <laughs> it's crazy, though, because it felt like that's what you did for this one. I mean, I can see all your past albums being, you know, just a compilation of songs you've written. Right. But this felt like one solid message you were looking at from the beginning. So Yeah, well, it became that. Right. I mean, it did. So I, when I when I say that it wasn't what up, <laughs> it wasn't like there was what. So there's nine tracks on the album. It's not like there was nine tracks that were just floating unrelated. So there was a few, and then I did decide right. to kind of hunker down and, and focus with it. So, but really, it's more of a mental space. It just kind of, I just kind of allowed myself to to go down that path. Right. But I think with a lot of art, you don't really know where it's going, right? So even the track that I was telling you about um, that I played for my friend that didn't make the album, it didn't make the cut because it didn't the album. It just didn't go there, right? It just it it was way too narrative in a sense. It was really it was just a little country song about this guy going to this bar and banging this chick and then going out in the country afterwards but it just did like it just kind of didn't fit so back to that that disclaimer you made on facebook and everything in it you said that you believe the best art to be the honest art the art created without even an audience in mind the art made for the joy of making i guess you've sort of touched on this a little bit already but like what made flesh eater yeah so beautiful and like such a piece of art to you ah i see what you're saying right well i don't actually call it beautiful so I've been really surprised that people have called it beautiful because 
to me, Flesh Eater is terrible. Like, and I, I don't mean that in like, oh, this is a crappy thing, but yeah. I mean, there's something kind of terror-like about it. So, oh yeah, I've been actually surprised that people are saying, man, this is beautiful, right? Like, I think there's certain tracks that give a certain beauty. Like, I think Naked can be beautiful. I think parts of He Is Behind Her are beautiful. But to be like, hey, man, this is a beautiful piece of art, I think I have a different definition of beauty, I think, because... All along, I knew that I was making something that was disturbing and dark and strange. And to me, it was more of a movie, right? So even with the films going along with it, like in some ways, Flesh Eater is something that you don't really want. I I almost don't want people to listen to it all the time, if that makes sense. And I don't know who makes records and says, don't listen to this. But to me, it's something you're, you, you're 38 minutes in the life of this guy yeah. and you're uncomfortable. But I want you to think about it and I want you to come back to it but in a way that you do a painting or a movie. Not really, I'm going to put he fucked on repeat 37 times. Because if yeah. you listen to that 37 times, you, your head's going to go to probably a spot you don't need to be hanging out in for too long, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't contemplate what is being discussed. Like this whole argument of whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is et cetera, the Bible verse, think about those things, right? right. Well, I think you got to have the dark. you got to think about those things to understand, to give the light a little more context and things such as that. But what made it art to me, I guess I was using the word art um, because that's how I view myself more than a singer or a writer. I kind of feel like art just has a bigger connotation. And I've been happily surprised by people who are writing me. They're actually approaching this as a work of art as well. Like very few people are saying killer album, dude. People are like, whoa, this is this right. is this is a piece of art. So to even answer your question, there's kind of something like I don't know. <laughs> but it's something that people seem to kind of recognize. Like, this feels a little weightier. This feels a little different than um, other things. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, what I hope is accomplished in terms of making something art or not art is there has to be some sort of transcendence in it, which is what I, I hope happens to the listener. Where, I'm not sure. How, I'm not sure. But it can't just be about some dude having sex with some woman, pushing her against the wall and doing her like an animal. Yeah. There, there has to be something bigger than that. And I don't know what that is, but I think there is. But I don't know. When it comes to defining art, that's very ambiguous. What, I'm, what I really was meaning in that was more my intentions are as pure as I know them to be. Right. I didn't think about Stephen Shutter sitting in Georgia and going, how can I make a record that that dude would really like? Right. Or I didn't think, I'm going to change this and not say this because that's what Stephen Shutter's down in Georgia would like. I just made it, and I go, man, I hope Stephen Shutters digs this. <laughs> or like, <laughs> man, what Stephen Shutters going to do when he hears the first word on this record, you know? Um, yeah. So now it's kind of fun time, but there, there was no thought of acceptance or rejection in a way of tweaking the album. I definitely thought of acceptance. I definitely thought of rejection. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I processed it for a long time. So that disclaimer was years coming, right? Yeah. Um, and here we are. There's definitely going to be both sides of it for sure. I know uh, I was looking at your iTunes reviews the other day. Yeah. And I haven't seen a single good one. <laughs> I know, and that's, yeah, and that's surprising. I mean, it's not surprising, but I'm like... <laughs> yeah, there are people complaining, so there's going to be that. But, yeah. like, on Facebook and stuff, I've only seen, I don't know, like, acceptance and uh, yeah, even appreciation. Yeah, what's interesting about this, um, there's a lot of silence. Like, I mean, my friends, um, when the album dropped, I had friends say, I'm going to be living on your Facebook page for the next 24 hours. <laughs> Because we were just anticipating there being people... Backlash. Yeah. Of some sort. Yeah. But there's been... Dude, there's been three 
sketchy reviews on iTunes. Yeah, it's a been few, pretty quiet. A few people. It's so quiet, and I and I I don't know if that's reflective of my popularity just being nothing anymore, or if that means that there's just something deep and silent happening in people. But I've gotten a lot of private messages. Uh huh. And um, not a lot of backlash, dude. And I don't know what that means. I mean, you're I, honestly, I'd, it's it's not what I expected, you know. I thought yeah. there'd be a lot more hate coming my way. And I don't, but I honestly think people just don't know what to do with it. I think people are just like, I don't know what this is. So I had another friend who's been showing it to people, and I'm like, well, what are they saying? And he just goes, they don't know what it is. Like, you know, I've played it for my friend who's I've known for 15 or 20 years. He's been in multiple bands, traveled the world, and he just goes, what is it? Why? Like, what is it? I don't know what this is. And so, yeah, people aren't really saying much at all, huh. which is weird. But it is what it is. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't. All along, dude, though. So when this record was, when, when I was making this and when I played it for people, the consensus all along, though, from my closest companions was, dude, this is phenomenal. This is groundbreaking. This is one of the most interesting records ever made, but no one's going to buy it. So don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> So isn't that weird? Everyone's everyone is like awesome, awesome, awesome. This is going to be the CD that all the big bands are going to be listening to in their van when they pull up to play for a thousand people. So I've just been I've been kind of set up for that failure for the last couple of years anyway. So I guess I'm I don't know, you know, like when Donald Trump became president, everyone just went nuts. Like, yeah, no one knew it was happening. No one knew why it happened. And no one knew how to handle their feelings when it happened. And I'm just like, man, I get disappointed in life all the time. Like I'm exactly handle this right so yeah it's like have these people never had a girlfriend or a boyfriend like this stuff <laughs> no big deal like stuff happens so i think yeah. the flesh eater response has just been pretty lackluster to be honest no one is talking about it really like you're you're one of literally two or three people who have reached out to even ask me to talk about it so this is the first official thing i've done to even talk about huh. it so so um you did the short film for good friday last year it came out yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out last year, I should say. It looked like, and that's when the first time I think really anybody other than maybe people you really know heard of Broke Fang. Yeah. It kind of started off Broke Fang. Yeah. Which is what, just like the name you're using for the outpouring of your art? Yeah, that's still something that I'm not sure yet. Yeah, you have to stay tuned for that. It's, it's, it's still being defined. Yeah. Yeah, it's still being defined. I understand that. That's how uh, gluten-free radio is right now, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. So you were talking earlier about uh, Flesh Eater and how it was sort of this whole universe and like there were art shows or something and right. in your in your head, this is what you were imagining. Right. And then you did do an actual little short film that released right. last year. So what kind of direction were you wanting to take this originally? Because you started off with the short film. Right. So, uh, well, it's always been an album, and the short film is is obviously the character of Flesh Eater, and he's reciting the the lyrics to the album. So, but it's always been an album. Okay. It's always been an album um, with things like the film being vignettes of this character's life or um, some of the other more elaborate things. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really want to say what some of the other ideas were because who knows what can ever happen with those things. But I I will say that film is something that's really interesting me right now or is very much interesting to me. So that's, if anything, the direction of Bradley Hathaway. I'm not being a jerk when I said my name like that, but I'm just saying (laughs) it's it's separate. I got you. 
It's separate. That's different than me giving my library card to sit in this room to use the internet, right? So that's yeah. Bradley, but we're talking about Bradley Hathaway. But anyway, um, hopefully the film um, things will just continue, right? Um, yeah. But we'll see. How long is that, uh, has film been so interesting to you? Is that a more recent thing? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, definitely more recent. Yeah, I would say Flesh Eater brought out this whole world. I mean, with how long, actually, it would have go back to how long. Um, I don't know when they would have begun, but I have always had visions of doing things like I'm doing with Flesh Eater with my other albums, but there's just never been money mm-hmm. to get any of it done. And then now I kind of found a team who just believed in what I was doing enough to say, let's just do this anyway without any money. So when we shot Good Friday, we borrowed a camera and attached it to a tire rod and went walking down the street. I mean, that's what that was. Yeah. And then I paid for the motel for three hours. <laughs> and... Um, had a friend's friend show up and we made out and we did our thing and that was it like um so i think jason really my collaborator and producer has kind of talked me into seeing that certain things are possible that have never been possible before yeah so with that kind of support i feel like i've really blossomed to what um i'm capable of or what i have access to you know like for years and years people have been telling me to write a book and i don't i don't really consider all the hits so far a proper book it's just yeah. poems, some stories yeah, right book so of poems so you're, are you yeah. talking an actual novel or something like yeah. that yeah yeah lengthwise i guess yeah so there's a few people in my life that have been like dude quit trying to write country songs and just freaking write a book write a book write a book write a book and i never had anything to say for that length until a couple years ago so in the process of writing flesh eater i discovered this book that i wrote that will be coming out in the fall but again that's just people in my life speaking life into my art that's just people encouraging me and me getting to the point where i felt like i could do it or i had something to say and that's that so in the period of how long and now, there's been just a ton of stuff created that I can't wait to hopefully come to fruition, which again brings us back to the disclaimer, right? Of like, <laughs> hey, this isn't just Flesh Eater. Like, this is right. this is a whole new deep thing. Direction. Direction, yeah. Like, I don't want to talk about cute girls or having my heart broken. Like, I'm not thinking about that in my normal life anymore. Right. So now it's let's talk about predestination. Let's talk about some of these man going against his nature. Let's talk. Let's just talk heavy stuff. You know, we're grownups now. And that that goes back to, I mean, you took like what religion classes in college and philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a natural place for your, your head to be. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I've been down with Jesus my whole life. So it's something that I've been thinking about my whole life. Right. Yeah, you have to, you gotta, you, you just gotta keep searching, man. I don't know. You just gotta keep digging. And the older you get, the more life happens. You just look around and go, what is this? Like, what do I do with this? How do I process this? And it just. Yeah, I guess, I mean, that's a headspace. I know I can relate to being in for my whole life. I think it's just something that comes with growing in like a, I don't know, just a Christian culture, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, not really the culture. The whole United States is sort of Christianity as a culture, but the actual yeah. atmosphere of Christianity and churches. Because, yeah, you just yeah. grow up, um, you know, being told, you know, you need to have an eternal mindset and everything. So it's almost a yeah. habit now. Totally. I mean, for all of us, we all question. We're all thinking about God all the time. God and sex, man. It's, it's what we do. Is there anything else you want to say? Buy the record. Don't stream it. Yeah, buy it. <laughs> Well, there's a question for you, or for artists in general. So if you don't want people streaming it, why would you put it on Spotify? Amazing question, because um, you don't have a choice. Like you, I mean, the album is already dead in the water in terms of sales. 
yeah in terms of exposure but um it at least kind of had to drown first you know but if it hadn't been on um spotify or streaming service it would just be like slowly suffocating on the shore right it wouldn't even get to the water it'd just be like <gasps> so it's it's just this machine and the only people who can't do the streaming services are the people who already have the millions of dollars right so the huge right. artists the taylor swifts or the right. Garth brooks or the metallicas they're like we don't need this because they already have right. people seeing what they're putting out and wanting it yeah but if you're if you're someone like my caliber or smaller or even mid-size or even I, I assume even someone like literally until you sell millions of records you don't have a choice so you're just you just you just kind of get screwed yeah um good question and i think if my if i had a stronger sense of morality or something then i would just say no i'm not going to do it <laughs> but i still hope but so i I haven't done anything since how long. So I didn't recognize the landscape had changed as much as it had. I mean, I didn't even know how to use Skype, right? So like, um, I didn't realize the few records that are actually being sold. You can hear the numbers. Um, but once you put out a new record and you see the money coming in, you're like, oh my gosh, like, why is anyone even making a record? Like, Yeah, the industry has changed dramatically in the past few years. It's incredible. I mean, I have a half a million downloads on Spotify streams. Yeah. A half a million. So 500,000 and I've been paid $1,300. Like, that's nothing. This You can't. Yeah. You can't make you can't make a living. So that's like selling the album a hundred times only. No, not even. Yeah, is it even a hundred? No, is it a hundred times? No, that's only selling the album. Wait, is that a hundred times? Seven? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. ten dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, I was doing the math. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So my last. Um, anyway, it's it's just a messed up system. But for some reason, yeah. music is the only art form that people think they don't have to pay for. Well, and that's been an evolving thing, too. It's yeah. funny, I was thinking about this just the other day, because um, it's almost like no one has time to actually listen to music anymore. Mm -hmm. And they don't really... I know growing up, one of my favorite things to do, still one of my favorite memories, is waiting for a new album from my favorite band, mm -hmm. going to Walmart or wherever, buying the yeah. CD, you know, unwrapping it, pulling out the lyric book, just reading it while I listen through the whole thing a couple times in a row, you know? Yeah, totally. And nobody digests music like that anymore, really, no. for the most part. It's, it's almost like a niche now. Yeah. Music is just all, it's all about singles and mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's kind of sucks as an artist now because it's such a lost art. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. And I think that's even with Flesh Eater, I'm trying to get people, I'm trying to demand their attention. Mm -hmm. Right. It's kind of like, oh, wait, I have to listen. The album doesn't even say anything for a minute and 20 seconds or something when it starts. It's one ride and one snare. So, like, I'm already asking you to be patient, which, what the heck is a minute and 20 seconds? Yeah. But in our world, it's a lot. So even last night, I was cruising through Bandcamp because I have a real hunger right now to listen to new music and to find good music. And I listened to band after band on Bandcamp, and I gave them about 20 seconds. <laughs> I yeah. was like, man. Yep, exactly. And I've not found anything that I've even wanted to engage with on there in my last two nights of searching. But no, yeah, what you say is true. And it's also very reflective of just our culture in general. And that's why I think we're all going to hell in a handbasket in terms of, <laughs> of how we're living, the way technology is taking over our lives. Yeah. I mean, dude, artificial intelligence, everything. I mean, it's just, no, it's, it's a weird, weird place to be. And it's not sustainable for any of us. It's not. No, it, it'll definitely come crashing down. I mean, 
mean, your kids' brains are even changing. Kids' brains, they're changing. You need to watch this 60 Minutes two weeks ago. So go to CBS.com. Right. Um, look up 60 Minutes and um, the show where they had the, the Google or Microsoft tech guys who make the, what are they called? Your applications, apps. Mm-hmm. They make apps. And um, they're talking about how those are being created based on your brain's response to um, like the, the chemicals in your brain. And like my Instagram account, for example, yeah. responds differently to me than yours does to you. So they are, we literally have different experiences with the same apps because those apps know how I respond to my experience. And that's from timing things of likes. They know how often I get on compared to how often you get on. And they do things to give you this little brain surge that is unique to me that you don't have. I mean, dude, the whole world is messed up. It's just totally (laughs) messed up. And that's why you, that's why I'm living in North Dakota or on a country road in Arkansas with no internet in my house. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's not human. Yeah. Anyway, but I don't know enough about technology to really uh, to write a record about that yet. <laughs> right? Like, I just called it an application. You know, I mean, that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Well, it's funny you say that too because uh, Flesh Eater almost had a more electronic vibe to it. I thought. Yeah. Than anything else you've ever done. Yeah, it does. Which is kind of ironic. That is ironic. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's the influence of. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's more electronic, and even that don't definitely not an electronic record, but there are more right. noises. Yeah, and that's something I've been wanting to do, even with how long and before. How can I have more noises? I want there to be more, and there's more noises on Bush yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I take that back. Not not electronic, but like your your old stuff is so folky and yeah. yeah, I don't know, like gritty. It just feels so raw and natural. Yeah, and something about Flesh Eater was like I don't know, it's just different in that regard. Yeah. Didn't feel it felt more pristine in ways. Yeah, but really dirty at the same time. Yeah, oh, dirty but, definitely yeah. as far as as far as lyrical content. Well, even like I think even the sounds on it are, can be quite dirty, but. Yeah, they can be almost grungy in parts. So. Yeah, so, okay, um, but just off, or this doesn't have to be on the record or off the record yeah. or whatever, but yeah. um, there is a lot of silence on what I'm doing now. But you mentioned the disclaimer a lot in a way that that was, like, something that really, what did that do to you? I'm just curious. Like, what did, the, yeah, just as a person. Oh, it made me excited. Really? <laughs> um, Oh, dude, I was so stoked when I saw that. I shared it, like, as soon as you uh, posted that. But you have to know, for me, if it had been just a few years ago, I would have been like, uh-oh, what's going to happen? Although, your short film for Good Friday sort of was a foreshadowing. I mean, that was already, you know, pretty yeah. risque, especially for the Christian-y world that mm-hmm. used to listen to you. Um, so I think that probably prepared a lot of listeners for mm. that disclaimer. But for me, it was, it was definitely exciting because... That's been my passion the past couple years. It's just like brutal honesty with everyone about the deepest, darkest crap. So um, that just made me happy because I know my favorite band, Reliant K, has been around forever. Mm-hmm. They, uh, in 2014, released a record after like, I don't know, half a decade of silence. They released a record in 2014. And the whole thing was just about going to bars, picking up chicks. And people wigged out. And I was one of them at that point in time. And I was, <laughs> I was just out of high school. And I was like, oh, my whole world world is crashing down you know but uh yeah if it wasn't for that album honestly i don't know how i would have reacted to flesh eater because that turned my world upside down but in a good way 
I was like, wow, people are willing yeah. to be honest about stuff, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I hope I hope Flesh Eater has that effect on people and inspires yeah. honesty like that. Yeah, you know, for me, for me, it was Tooth and Nail Records. Like, Same. I grew up on Tooth and Nail. And it was Tooth and Nail Records that got me back into non-Christian music because I'm sure you were like me. It's like, no, you're going to listen to Christian music. Well, then you start listening to these bands and you figure out, oh, wait a minute, these dudes aren't even Christians. Yeah. And it's kind of like that was the gateway. And I remember being so bummed. So... I remember being 16 years old getting um, um, Zao Splinter Shards of Birth Separation promo poster. It's like an 11 by 17. And I remember the dude had on a Metallica shirt. And I remember sitting around the lunch table with my friends being like, dude, why are they promoting Metallica? <laughs> and we were just so bummed. Yeah. No, I totally relate to <laughs> it's that. It's so funny to think about yeah. now, dude. But like... That's because I think our culture, dude. We just weren't we we weren't raised <laughs> right, man. We were not allowed to think critically, and I and I, you know, I'm tired right. of that. Let's just let's think critically. Like this person just said recently, they're like, "Are you a Christian anymore?" You know, and I'm like, "What part of flesh eater sounds like it's not a Christian?" And I know that that sounds like a smart aleck remark, but like, what part of Jesus, 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 save me from that myself? Pretty, like, pretty damn Christian, <laughs> <laughs> or even. Even the track, goddamn. Oh, that's my favorite like, on that's, the record. That's not a cuss word, dude. He's saying to send to hell his sins, right? It's like, so people just aren't thinking critically. So yeah, you get Reliant K and you're like, what? And I see, or one of my heroes, I won't tell you who it is, but I've been, I started booking shows when I was 16. And uh, so I had my own venue when I was 19 and I had one of my heroes come through. And I remember him smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, dude, he smokes cigarettes. <laughs> and I didn't think that part, but I was just bombed. And it's kind of like, that's just not a good place for people to be thinking or to be judging you know and at my age now it's like i'm over that so far like so far over that i'm just i'm a heretic according to most people but anyway well thank you very much again and uh good luck with flesh eater and anything that comes afterwards your book yeah thanks man and i really appreciate you taking the time and sharing a post like i mean you're literally one of a few you know what i'm saying like the reason i'm able to comment and send you an email saying thank you is because that's how few of you out there that's there crazy. are <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer, but um, cool, dude. But I uh, appreciate your time, Stephen. Yeah, I appreciate yours. Thank you very much. All right, man. See you.